Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Your voice is hanging in there, Rachel. I have to admit. But aren't you proud of me? You would think that I would have come back with no voice at all. And was that me yesterday? Absolutely. 24 hours in Vegas. I mean, in Miami. You ever had the voice thing figured out? They're like, like I love you ever that had somebody you're so concerned look into about it? it. Look into it. Well, it it's, but, directly affects my livelihood. <laughs> okay. First off, no, <laughs> yes, I think my voice actually sounds, about. I think it sounds a little good with, with mm-hmm. the little, like this, this raspy is appropriate, mm-hmm. but why would I get it checked out? I know exactly what's happening. I flew to Miami and landed at 4.30 in the morning Right on Saturday. I go to the hotel, sleep for a second, wake back up to surprise my friend because I had a hunch that she was probably getting engaged as well with the pressure. Her boyfriend was like, come on, come down here. We're on a boat, yacht, excuse me, from 12 to 8. Drinking the sun. We're celebrating her because it's a surprise proposal. We go to Kiki on the river. What's that? It's like the spot. It's mm-hmm. it's a restaurant on the river in Miami, mm-hmm. and it turns into a club as well. So mm-hmm. it's dinner, it's a club, and then I'm home at what two? I wake up and I have a eight thirty a.m. flight, so I'm up at six. Jesus Christ! Th- this is why my voices, my voices, my voice gets what, like this. If you are if you are still in college mode. No, yes, I, you are. As if like, I that, do that every so weekend. If one of your good friends was going to get engaged, as that is all, this the only time I had. I didn't want to take off work. I'm, I'm out of I'm out of vacation days, pretty much. Uh-huh. This is all I could do. I wanted to. I'm a good friend, is right. what I am, Van. A good I, friend. I'm. I'm. Maybe I'm not though, because I've missed like two weddings. I miss. You know, sometimes no, that's unacceptable. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. One wedding, it was okay more than the other one. One friend, I have to make it up to him. The other friend, it was his second wedding, so it doesn't really matter as much. <gasps> that is so rude. It matters because I love... Because I know who you're talking about. I love so his wife. I love his wife. His wife is such an amazing person, an amazing addition to my life and all of our lives. But, you know, you go to That's one wedding. That's so rude. You, you go to one so wedding. It's kind of like, cool. Especially if she's that amazing too and you she's miss a, out. Oh, she's, she's new. Just because a wedding is not person. new to him doesn't mean yeah. it's not, you know what I mean? It's new to yeah. her. So yeah. whatever. But man. the other wedding that I missed, that one was worse. Well, that was actually two other ones that I missed. Oh my God. Yeah. And I need to make it up to both of those Will people. people <laughs> this, mm-hmm. I guess I'm just in this phase though in life where I work so much that I'm just like, I want, I just want to make sure that I'm making memories at the same time. Like, I don't want to miss out because, you know, I had to sleep. <laughs> That's That would have been my only excuse not to go. It's not about sleep. Because I wanted to rest. I wanted a day to rest. I make memories when I watch the premiere of Succession. You know, I haven't watched it yet, so don't say anything. It's a good show. Now, what? It's five seasons. Like, you're, it's over for you. No. I've, I haven't watched the new episode. I'm caught up. Oh, you're caught up? I haven't up? watched the premiere. Don't do me. You're I'm caught so up. caught up. Got succession. Mm-hmm. You're caught up. Rachel knows what's going on with the Roy family. She's so caught, caught up. up. Caught 
me feeling it. Caught up. Caught up. Usher. Uh, so you went and you hung out with your friends. You guys kikied on the river. And I introduced my uh, my friend to the to her now fiance. Okay. So that's where, part of it too. That's why. Where, I where was she uh, at when you guys introduced? How did you guys? What is he? Is he from The Bachelor? So Bachelor? I met her on The Bachelor. Did oh, not right. like her the first night. She came in right. a costume, and I was like, "This is the kind of stuff that I didn't sign up for." All right. We bonded over Michael Jackson the second day, oh, wow. and the rest is history. So. She, um, after we got off The Bachelor, I was having lunch with one of my homeboys and I was like, what are y'all doing for New Year's? And he was like, I got like seven guys going to Miami. I said, bet, I got seven girls. Y'all get the table. We'll get, we'll get, we'll all go. It'll be a good time. And we did. And they met. Wow. And then they got married. And, that's how, and then, then six years later, they're engaged. How many friends would you say you have from Batch? From my season, just batch overall. Well, there's a couple of like because I've got that. There's more. I I would miss out. Let me just stick with my season, the season that I was on. No, because like I would I would forget somebody. I'd say probably have like four friends outside of my season, and then not including the Bachelorettes. My season four: Alexis, Astrid, Whitney, Christina. That's my solid. That's my solid. You've met. You've met some of them. I've met Whitney. Met Whitney. Christina go, was at the book go, party, but you probably sports. didn't see her. Go sports. Christina's at the book party. Astrid lives in Toronto, and Alexis is the one who just got engaged. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. What you know, do this weekend? Let's see. Saturday, I played a little Madden. Okay. Okay. I'm, I uh, I moderated a conversation between Gino oh. and Ian. You're from the Player Proof crew? Mm-hmm. Did you do this in public? No. So this okay. is what happened. So this is what happened. <laughs> I called Ian. Mm-hmm. And then I, Gino called. So I'll tell you guys who these guys are. Walter, Gino, Gino McLaughlin. Wait, they don't get along? They, they do get along. Okay, I know well, somebody in the friend group so, that they fight. They fight a lot. They hit below the belt. That's I know way too much about the player proof group. So Ian is the one in the group that hits below the belt. Okay. Gino, Gino, we all go before we call a low blow when we're talking about okay. each other. Ian is the mm-hmm. one who brings the low blow out first. Everybody knows that. Ian, he has a very uh, prodigious ego. So if you get to Ian, Ian will cut you deep. That's his okay. thing. Okay. Uh, but we have we all have different personalities, but you know, there's some members of the crew that don't get along with some other members of the crew as well, but whatever. But these guys have philosophical differences. And Gino is a community activist. You know, he's he does a lot of work in Baton Rouge. He's a political okay. organizer and community activist. Ian is a capitalist. So we they had like a three hour conversation on what black people need to do, and I did not realize Ian was kind of as conservative as what he was, oh. and some of the stuff that they were talking. It was interesting though because these are the conversations that I feel like black people have. I actually want them. I want them to have the conversation Come here. On. Come on, I would but love it. it. Some of the stuff Ian was saying was like, he was like, 
I'm not going to speak for him, but it was interesting that he, because, you know, he's a, he makes a lot of money selling pharmaceutical weed. He's a, oh, he's a, oh, yeah, I know he's Ah, he's in this with Big Pharma, shoving drugs down the throat of America. That's what he does. <laughs> so, so you know what happens when niggas start making some money? <laughs> Where does Ian live? Is he in New he Orleans? He lives in New Orleans. That's what I thought, yeah. Gino lives in Baton Rouge. So we stayed on the phone literally for like three hours. Okay? And then after that, I came back. And then... We went to go see John Wick Chapter oh, How four. is that? That shit was amazing. Best one? So it's hard to beat John Wick 1 because of the surprise factor. But as a movie, it's not close that John Wick 4 is better. Really? Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. John Wick 4 is not just great because of a very tight script. Or the amazing, breathtaking action scenes, right? It's great because the movie is insanely well-directed with some of the most inventive shots I've seen in an action movie in a long time, right? And the scale and beauty of the movie is breathtaking. Some of the set pieces in the movie were absolutely stunning, Bill Sarsgaard is in the movie as the marquee. Oh, it? Uh, it, yes. Uh, thank you for, you know, terrifying me. Um, he is the best dressed character in cinema history. Really? I'm not even fucking around. The dude's suits are laid. He plays the marquee. He's the bad guy. The suits yeah. are crazy. He got a red and black joint. Like, I literally, like, I'm like, yo, I got to figure out how to dress like to that. Like, I wonder if they have that I suit. I wonder if you knew a stylist. Um, at Destination XXXL, <laughs> the big and tall men's store. <laughs> I'll just, you like, look, you, you can laugh. get it custom made. You can get it custom made. <laughs> you, not, you can't wear them suits. It don't. It wouldn't l- even look the same. I gotta see it. And Van, stop, stop. We're not gonna do this. We're not gonna have a segment every single time where you do this to yourself. We're oh. just not. I'm not oh. gonna have it. Yeah, you know, I'm just joking around. It's just, uh, just, just a cope. Um, look, I'll be honest with you. And then, you know, Sunday, I had lunch with Nick May, and a couple of friends end up being at the uh, Nick May Boy King. Shout out to my homies. Um, and a couple of friends end up being at the uh, at the farmer's market too and we had lunch and then um, True Food Kitchen, me and Kalika on Sunday night. Look, but I'll be honest with you, there was a cloud over the weekend. What? What happened in New York, man? Speaking of cloud, yeah. Yeah. I met Kiki on the river talking, having a phone conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we'll just get into it right now. Actually, we'll take a break and then we'll get into it. Um, Yeah, there's no way to do it other than to do it. Let's go. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important 
to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, big deal of the day is uh, the news that everybody got this weekend about uh, somebody we had on the show, a friend of the show, Jonathan Majors. He was arrested in New York after police were called uh, to a domestic dispute. Okay. The timeline of this goes like this. Jonathan Majors was arrested. I think it was uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday around that time. The dispute in question there was a dispute. It's alleged what happened in the dispute, but there seems to be no doubt that there was some sort of dispute or disturbance, should I say. Um, that happened uh, Friday night. Okay. Uh, Friday night. Uh, Friday night, Jonathan Majors and a woman who is being identified as his girlfriend were in a taxi on their way home from a bar in Brooklyn when she alleges that he physically attacked her. The victim informed police she was assaulted, a police spokesman said. Officers uh, placed Jonathan into custody without incident. They each went to separate places that night, but this happened the next morning. The victim reportedly sustained minor injuries to her head and neck and was removed to an area hospital in stable condition. This woman uh, has claimed, it's an identified woman, should I say, has claimed that Majors struck her about the face with an open hand, causing substantial pain and a laceration behind her ear. She also alleges that Jonathan Majors grabbed her hand and put his hands on her neck, causing swelling, bruising, and substantial pain to her neck and hand. We will stop here before we continue to go forward because there is more information and more news about this. You know what? There's no reason to. We'll, we'll continue. Yeah. Uh, John, Jonathan Majors' attorneys and Jonathan Majors, um, I, should I say Jonathan Majors through his attorneys, uh, have released their side of the story to a degree. They claim that this is not true and that this is, uh, he is innocent of all charges. They also claim that they have evidence to his innocence, being the uh, testimony of the cab driver of the car that they were in. And also, uh, they're claiming that through his lawyer, Jonathan Majors is claiming that the woman has already recanted her assault allegations. Two written statements from the woman recanting these allegations. The lawyer also maintains that Majors is completely innocent and provably the victim of an altercation with a woman that he knows. They also claim the woman was having an emotional crisis for which she was taken to the hospital and that Majors did not assault her whatsoever. 
Uh, Jonathan's team also says that they are quickly gathering and presenting evidence, including video footage from the vehicle where this episode took place and testimony from witnesses, like I said before. Um, And they're going to give that to the district attorney. The NYPD is required to make an arrest in these situations, required to make an arrest. And this is the only reason Mr. Majors was arrested. We expect these charges to be dropped soon. In the meantime, the Army, which has been running a a Be All You Can Be campaign with Jonathan Majors, uh, has uh, paused that. They said um, they're deeply concerned by the allegations. He is innocent until proven guilty, but prudence dictates that we pull our ads until the investigation into these allegations is complete. That is all we know at this time right now. Rachel. I don't want to talk about it, which is what I told you, which was literally the first thing I said when it happened before we even got on the phone. Um, Here's my thing. I'm not going to opine on the facts that we know thus far that you stated or, you know, what's coming from his camp and what, you know, we know from what the police are saying as well. I'm not going to give an opinion on that. I'm more so going to talk about the way it was handled in the court of public opinion. Okay. Which the moment that this news dropped, that's, that's what was my first thought. I thought, my God, the way people are about to do this on, on social media and on blogs and on, you know, their, their YouTube channels, whatever it may be, it's going to be out of hand and there's going to be two schools of thought and even some stuff in between. Um, Jonathan Major said something one time where, I don't know, he's talking to some publication and he said, you know, people, a lot of people talk to him about how private he is. And he said, that he has no desire to deal with the fuckery of the industry. And like when I when I saw the discourse that was happening on social media, how like not to quote Kanye, but you know how he's he was like they love you then they hate you then they love you again. It made me think of that quote because of the way that people were all about Jonathan Majors and before a statement can come from his camp before all the evidence is in. Immediately, it's switched and they're quick to cancel, quick to take back the things that they said, quick to accuse without all of the information in front, which we've talked about this on this podcast before. We've talked about how, you know, a responsibility when you have a microphone, when you're a journalist, whatever it may be that you speak out and and give your opinion on things, that you have a responsibility to kind of wait until... All the information is there, or at least more information is there. But the quickness that people had with the accusations towards Jonathan without even knowing if there was another side, when we know there's a possibility that there could be another side coming off the hills of what we just saw with Michael Irvin. You know, Mm -hmm. there could be another side to the story that just happened. Uh That was, I, I guess, that that was my disappointment with the whole thing, how quick people were. And then even as more information came out, and people are quick to change it all over again. And it's like, when do we learn that maybe we should just sit back and wait until more evidence, because we, ne- we probably never know all the evidence, more evidence comes in. Mm-hmm. 
mm. rather than just being so quick to have that viral moment on social media or on yeah. the news. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure that I take a step back and give space to all the victims of domestic violence who might be listening to this, who might be triggered by uh, the story itself or the um, the conversation surrounding the story or, uh, you know, what they... Yes you know, what, what's happened to them or, or you know, uh, their, their life experience. It's very important. We should have said trigger warning at the beginning of this. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. So this is the way I look at it. I mean, my, my estimation of this is the same way my estimation is of everything else. There is an arrest made, there is an allegation, and that is not in any way tantamount to uh, um, uh, a conviction. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it happened. Right. Now, here's the deal. Like when you say that, um, we have to understand that I think what happens or what a lot of people see is that they don't feel like everyone gets that same sort of treatment. There are certain people that an arrest or something comes out and it's like, okay, well, we believe that that person did that or we believe that this person did that. And it seems to be that our ability to sit back and wait and have discernment about what goes on in situations like this is directly related to how much we like the person in question. Um, And so I think that is something that bears discussing. I'll be honest. I don't want this to be true. Course. I don't want it to be true. I can't talk about what I believe. I can talk about the fact that as the hours and minutes and seconds tick on, there seems to be less certainty about what people thought was absolutely certain on right. Saturday. Okay. Right. Um, but I don't want this to be true because the Jonathan Majors that I've met. And the Jonathan Majors that majors that I've talked to has been a kind, gracious, deep individual. Um, that being said, you really never know what's going on with someone. Uh, and just being so proud of him and his accomplishments and rooting for him so hard, something like this, which a lot of people would look at as unforgivable, it would be just shocking and really disappointing and really hard and sad. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this case, it's the same the way it is for anyone, as far as I'm concerned, there is something that comes out. You look at all of the factors that are involved in it, and then you make a decision about whether or not you believe what's going on. Or the law plays itself out, and the evidence is given. And once the evidence is given, you make a decision based upon um, the, the outcome of the case. Been wrong before. On both sides. Sure. Been wrong sure. thinking that people didn't do something. Been wrong thinking that people did do something. I, uh, Justice Smollett comes out. I, staunch advocate, supporter, still am of Justice Smollett. The further it got along, the more I started to see that maybe this isn't true. Okay? Uh, now, to that point, I want to ask you a question because... Either Jonathan Majors is involved in this and did this, or he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that we're going to see. 
everyone is going to be able to make up their own mind about what comes out, the evidence that comes out, and all of that stuff. I want to have a different conversation with you, and I'll and I'll I'll ask you about it. So, well, you know, it comes out, and I actually read a tweet from somebody who was supposed to join us on the car, the, the 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 podcast today, and the tweet said Jonathan Majors is done. Jonathan Majors is over. That was as soon as this arrest was was uh was announced. So other people that were just saying, "Hey, I love to Jonathan Majors, but now it looks like he's done. He's trash. He's all of this." You talked about the term. How do you, for you, a woman, and then I'll talk about a black woman, and then I'll talk about um how I look at this. How do you reconcile? the need to believe and prioritize victims of sexual assault and assault and domestic violence by men with the responsibility of waiting for evidence and relying on the information at hand and not emotions. What does that look like to you? I mean, kind of what they did or what they're supposed to do according to whatever their their standard is in New York. A complaint was made by a victim. There were visible injuries and they took that person in. And I think that is protecting the victim, right? Because you don't know. There's a complaint. I'm seeing injuries that align with, with what you're complaining for the safety I'm j- of the victim, alleged victim, I should say, that I'm going to take that person in. I think that is looking out for the victim, right? Because too often in the past, it was ignoring what that victim had to say, man or woman, what they had to say and kind of doing an assessment right there in the moment without everything coming to light. So I think there is a procedure that has to be followed. Um, even if it does turn out to not necessarily be true, you have to take the victim at their word in the moment, I believe. And that to me is putting the victim first. What was the second part of what you said? How do you reconcile? Essentially, that's the answer. You reconcile. So what I was, what I was asking is because, you know, there's a slogan, believe all women. And there's a question in what it means to believe. You know, that some people say that believe all women means. And first of all, <laughs> I want to make sure that people understand. I'm not shooting holes in the notion that we should believe women. No. I'm a- I, right, yeah. right. I'm, I'm asking what you mean by that. It, do you mean when, when, when it said believe, be, believe all women, does it mean believe them in the sense that their accusations are uh, taken seriously? Yes. Properly investigated, that they are prioritized. Um, as opposed to a time when a woman would say that something happened to them and no one would care. Right. Or does that mean, does that mean believe when a woman says that she is assaulted in any way, despite whatever evidence to the contrary might come out? Well, it has to be given both ways, right? So if, if you believe, if you, you know, the term believe all women, really any victim, to take basically everything that I just said, you have to take into consideration the fact that an accusation is made. I, there might, 
whatever coincides with that accusation, injuries, whatever it may be, you separate them. You have to have a due process of putting that person, um, you know, taking that person away from the victim to protect the victim. However, and you let that play out because you have to take that seriously because what's on the other side of it, if you don't, could be deadly. And so, but at the same time, should that accusation not be true, then you also have to give that latitude to the person who's accused. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's what yeah. doesn't happen. So let's just say, in general, an accusation's made, turns out it's not quite what that accusation was. Too often, in the court of public opinion, people have already deemed that person as as if they were guilty, as if they did do it. And I think that if you're going to put the victim first, which I absolutely feel you should, then you also, if it turns out to not necessarily be the case, have to make sure that you give that person what they get to, back their character, their reputation, whatever it may be, if it turns out it was false. And that's not what's happening. It's always one or the other. You know what I mean? Can you get your character, your reputation, your career, uh, your good name back if an accusation is proven false? Do you get that back? Depends who you are. It depends who you are. But what's going to happen is, and you know this, the first time the person decides to give a statement, they're going to have to address it. Or whenever an article is written about, at least initially, it's going to say somewhere in that article, so-and-so was accused of this, blah, 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 blah. It follows you. It becomes a part of it does become, even if you're proven guilty, it's still something that people reference. They do it all the time. But I think depending on who you are, people forget they have short-term, public has short-term memory. Hmm. Um, so for me, the way I'll kind of look at this, um, and just so that we know, and so that we say it, and so that everybody knows, the overwhelming majority of women who say that they were sexually assaulted or the victims of domestic violence are telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had conversations about with different people that I know this weekend about what those numbers might look like and you know what those numbers uh, what the what the what the statistics sort of the story that the statistics tell uh, should I say about those numbers there have been numerous studies done in America, in Canada, and other places, uh, which the purpose of the studies were to try to figure out the number of false accusations that exist um, when it comes to this type of violence. Uh, the numbers were very small. Uh, if you refuse to listen to those statistics, or if you believe they're in some way fraudulent, or if they don't hold any weight to you, that's fine. You're free to do that. I would like for you to never use statistics to make any argument at any point ever again, but those numbers are right there. Um, the question is, knowing that that's the fact and knowing that there should be extra added protection that we have for the women in our society, how do we deal with these things um, in a responsible way where we know that shit happens. There are, are always anecdotal cases of this being the other way. There's the Duke Lacrosse case. There is the Michael Irvin situation that just happened. 
Um, there's also a case going on right now in Northern California where uh, a woman made accusations against one of her colleagues at Stanford and they ended up not being true. The danger is those cases where things were not the way that they seemed, mm -hmm. those anecdotes are used then to prove for an entire population that bitches be lying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that there's some um, shadow conspiracy to take out intelligent, strong, prominent black men. And the best way to do that is uh, to uh, for a woman to launch uh, a false accusation. And by the way, <laughs> there's some history in that. There's some history in um, a black man in America being the victim of a false allegation, particularly from a white woman, when either his uh, career wants to be destroyed or when white people want an excuse to kill niggas. Mm -hmm. So there are all of these things that are mixed up. Whenever we see somebody who's prominent and black that's been accused of something, and we all run to our silos first before having a nuanced conversation about them because it's difficult to do because it feels like if you have a conversation that somebody has to lose once the words come out of your mouth. If you have a conversation about, hey, what the evidence is in this trial, then it seems like you're making space for Jonathan Majors. If you have a conversation about uh, the fact that we should believe accusers no matter what, then it seems like you're condemning him. When really, with something as serious as this, serious as this, what we should want to do is be as smart on it as we can. Now, we do that, Rachel. Right. And Higher Learning, the podcast, we all do that, knowing that if this were Mike Pence, that we would be talking about this story differently. And we have to make sure that our audience, that I have to make sure that our audience knows that I am being 100% honest with them. If this were Mike Pence, if this were Tucker Carlson, um, shit, if this were one of these other people I don't give a fuck about, <laughs> this conversation would probably sound different. And to be honest with you, We'd be lying. I'd be lying if I didn't say that that were true. Yes, the conversation. I think we would acknowledge the fact of this. You have to wait till all the evidence comes in. But absolutely, it would be a different conversation. But also, not just because you despise those folks. They're white men, and the way we see things play out in the media with white men versus black men is a totally different conversation. This, and so I think that. But, if it was, but what I'm saying is, if it were Tim Scott also, it would still be different. I'm just being for real. If it no, were of course it would be different. It, 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 would, it just, would be different, yeah. Are okay, we, well, that takes away from what I'm saying about the fact, you know, because white men versus black men, fine. Throw right. Tim Scott in there. Throw Tim Scott. Sure, it would be different. I mean, I we would give a blanket statement and then we would go in on Tim. Well, <laughs> I mean, so so look, what I said earlier is true. Um, I both, I'm being 
fucking a million percent honest. I both want all women to be protected from assault in any form. And I also want this to not be true. I want this to either be a situation to where someone feels something happened that didn't really happen or somebody got caught up in their emotions. I don't want this to be true. And it's just as the evidence, as the evidence comes out, any evidence that looks like it seeks to exonerate Jonathan, I'm ecstatic to read it. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about the fa- the fact that sources are saying nine. He called nine one one. People are he saying he called nine one one. But just I want to address the gigantic and maybe even dangerous hypocrisy in that fact, because. It's not just going to be guys or men that we don't like that are going to be perpetrators of assault against women. It's not just going to be men that we are diametrically opposed to culturally and politically that are going to be the perpetrators of sexual assault, violence, and harassment against women. Sometimes it's going to be the ones that we like. Sometimes we are going to have to confront that fact. Sure. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that Jonathan Majors is guilty of anything. As a matter of fact, like I said before, I am desperately hoping that he's not and pleased to see that there's some sort of, but at the same time, it is what it is. Let me just be clear about this. Even if we would have a different conversation, if it was Tucker or Tim Scott, I wouldn't want it to still be true because there would be a victim. I just want to make that very clear. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I wouldn't want that to be true because that means somebody was harmed in the process. And at the end of the day, we both agree that it's the victim first. I'm not even mad at at the fact that there was... what happened, the way that the procedure is and plays out, I agree with that wholeheartedly. If an accusation is made, you got to take it seriously. Um, but I wouldn't want that to ever be the case. Let's get them on something else. Um, I, I want everybody to, uh, I also want everyone to know this, is that there are a couple other things I want to talk about. I want everyone to know is there's some other things at play here. Number one, uh, we should name this. There's a very prominent actor uh, named Ezra Miller who is the star of the upcoming DC movie, The Flash. Um, Ezra Miller uh, has been accused of multiple different improprieties, assaults, dangerous behaviors. And this movie's coming out. Mm-hmm. Some of the stories that they've been involved in are bizarre. Some of them seem really dangerous. And some of them you're like, oh, I don't fuck it. So automatically people are saying, what about Ezra Miller? 
what about all of these other things? If we're going to have a focus, we should have focus on the case that we're talking about. The last thing about this case. I'm not sure if this is true because there have been no pictures, but everyone seems to think that this lady is white. She is white. Okay. Uh, right away, that makes me feel away. And I would be lying if I didn't, if I didn't discuss it. I'm doing my best to be totally transparent here uh, about Does every way that I'm feeling about this. Does it change the fact that that is, yes, it is a white woman. Okay, it is. Uh-huh. Um, does it change for you that this has been someone that he's been with for a while? Does it change the fact this is his girlfriend, not somebody that he just knew? This is somebody that he's known for what sounds like years. Does that change it for you? No. Okay. And this is me admitting who I am now and speaking uh, with some of my brain and some of my trauma. The lady that's involved in the situation uh, down in Shelby County with the police force. So that everybody knows we haven't really covered that story. The reason why we haven't covered it is because we taped a segment on it. And I'll just talk about this. And then when we listened back to the segment, it didn't sound the way we wanted it to sound. Because what it looks like happened in Shelby County from the southern... Um, watch out for these white girls sort of way that I was born was that a woman was having fun with some of her co-workers and some of these guys were black and that there were, there were multiple affairs and all kinds of stuff that were happening and then after it went bad she says that the big black guys uh, uh, took advantage of me and that story is so old and it's so a part of Americana, and it's so a part of what they warn you about. It's just hard to shake it. And, you know, your pain and your trauma, and sometimes your disdain and resentment for America, it can dehumanize you as well. So when I look at the fact that the woman here is white, there's a part of me that goes, is she not getting on with him? Are they into it about something else? Is the fact that his star is rising and whatever, does she know that she has this over his head and that she could just dead his shit? Like, it's all of these things that go through my mind. It's all of this stuff that I've been told from fathers and uncles and granddads and all of this stuff. He was about to go here and do this. And then you wonder how much of that was bullshit. You know, how, how much of that is real? It's just... It's a confusing emotion, a confusing emotional thing. That's why the best thing to do is to put your emotions and how you feel about white women, about America, about accusations, about all of that stuff, and just deal in what information you have. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying my best to do this, but I'm gonna be lying to y'all if I told you. I'm not praying that this isn't true about Jonathan. That's very honest of you. 
That's very honest of you and not really easy to admit. I Listen, when it came out, the optics, knowing that it's white, black, white woman, black man, the optics don't look good because of everything that you just said it in regards to the historic nature of that relationship in this country. But I, you said it all. I, I mean, I don't really feel, I don't have that same, those same feelings. Um, I'm not a black man. I don't, yeah. I, and you don't really like them that much as well. And so. I can't stand them anyway. So, so it's like, it's, you know, you're, you're like, <laughs> they got another one. Cross another one <laughs> off the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just, but, I, I really hope everything works out for both parties involved in this situation. Well, I, they're not, it's not going to work out for both parties. So, so, well, so, so, so well, this is what, well, it depends. Well, I, I don't, we don't know. Right. Like if it was, if it if it is as as the attorneys for Jonathan Majors are claiming to be, then it sounds like there was some type of emotional breakdown, and you oh, know. Well, see, Rachel, that's what I'm this is what I mean, though, and I'm sorry okay. to jump in. It okay. can't work out for both parties because if she if this right, did not right. if this did not happen, the right. way she fucking said that it happened. You're right. I would be furious. You know what I mean? And so, and, and so, and and if it happens the way that she says that it happened, I would be deeply, deeply, deeply disappointed and also mad. You know, so so it can't work out for everybody well, in this situation. And to add to that, you're right. And to add to that, I guess I mean like I don't want anybody to be like physically harmed, but yes. To, and to add to that. What I talked about about character, if if it doesn't, if it's not true as she reported it, then this is also already detrimental to his reputation, to his character, and with everything else people want to say, you know, are already trying to put out there. So yes, it's and to add to that, if it doesn't, if it's not the way that she reported it, it's just bad for victims in general, as we talked about earlier. So you're right. All there's just too many, it's it's too much. Before we get off of it. Um, have you seen any of the Twitter talk? Yeah, and the I'm rumors on all that, shit. <laughs> that have come out in light of this. There are people who have talked about what they feel like. Well, how, how does this? How's that? You know, just so two everybody people. knows. So I start saying there've been two different people who have said that you know Jonathan Majors in the past has been mean. He's been a sociopath. He's been they the allegations. I don't want to mean to downplay them, are pretty strong. And they say that they have friends that have known for years that Jonathan Majors is a specific way. Rachel, what do you think about that? Like, it's it's two people. It's secondhand, maybe even third, fourthhand. I don't know how. They're, they're, it's friends of friends. It's their friends. It's, you know, I've heard in the community huge, strong things that are being said. I don't even want to repeat some of the words. I just... And here's the thing. They're talking about him professionally and they're talking about him personally. Even if there's somebody who's like difficult to work with, doesn't necessarily translate to them being violent personally in their personal life because it's just such a reach for me and it hasn't been rooted in anything other than, well, my friend said it and it's known. And to me, if it's that known out there, I would just think that there might be more information. But I also just, it's, there's, it's such, damaging things that the people are saying. I just also don't understand how you could fix your fingers to type that without any like hardcore proof. Oh, 
Uh, so he was just formally charged. This is coming from Donnie. Three counts of assault in the third degree, aggravated harassment, and in the second degree. Three, three counts of attempted assault in the third degree, should I say. Wait a minute. These are all the this is a, three counts. Okay, so three counts of assault in the third degree, aggravated harassment in the second degree, and three counts of attempted assault in the third degree. These charges are just happening now, John, Donnie. I thought that these charges had already, I read about charges yeah, before this. But this is from Variety as of an hour ago. And it looks like some other news outlets are publishing this with updated information. Interesting. Okay. I, I had read about he charges. He was arraigned. He was arraigned, but he was released without bail. That was this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. That was two hours ago. I'm trying to see. See this article? I, I had read about the fact that he was looking at some misdemeanor charges. All of these are misdemeanors, are they not? Yeah, they're all misdemeanors. So I had looked, I had read in other articles that he was looking at some misdemeanor charges. So maybe there are more, or maybe. He was arrested on Saturday and charged. So that this is from. He was arrested I'll on Saturday and had been charged with assault and har- harassment. Yeah, I don't know that this this is. I don't new. know if that's new. Yeah, we just moved past that. We just maybe you just knew the exact charges, but yeah, I think they might have just detailed what the exact charges are. Like this isn't new okay. news; it's just more detailed okay. news. Okay, all right, okay. we'll just we'll, we'll leave that in. Okay, um, all right, so, um, this show today is going to be a little heavier. Um, obviously, we're going to discuss what happened in Nashville. But before we talk about what happened in Nashville, I want to kind of jump back on something that we predicted here on Higher Learning. So Shirley Ralph talked about a television judge that um, allegedly assaulted her back in the day. And people mm-hmm. were trying to figure out what the television judge was. Who, excuse me. People were trying to figure out who the television judge was. And I told you guys, the thought warriors out there, but you wouldn't have to worry because the person would reveal themselves. You did say this. <laughs> and that's because, and I can't say that anybody did anything. It's a legend. It's all a legend. A ledge that you jump off of to prove your guilt. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if this is the person that I think it could be, there is no way they're not going to run their mouth about this. And on Friday evening, a one Mr. Judge Joe Brown tweeted a staunch denial of something that he was never accused of. He said, there are false rumors being spread that I mistreated a certain lady 25 years ago. I categorically deny both the accusations and acquaintance with the lady. He then suggested he was the victim of defamation and said that he might have to go the legal route. Donnie, give me the audio. Let me say this before we go further. It's a warning to anybody listening. I might bring in my legal crew and proceed for defamation of character. You see, when Mm -hmm. they put my face next to hers and they start doing that little stuff there that becomes innuendo that somebody can sell Mm -hmm. who they're talking about and that's very destructive to my reputation because not only 
do I have a long track record of ensuring that women get justice when they've done been done wrong, doing that on the criminal bench and a long time before that. My motto for the last half century has been protecting womanhood and promoting manhood, and there's those that don't seem to like it. So I might need a vacation. And I think I know where the deep pockets are, where I might proceed for defamation of character. Rachel? Uh, JJ okay, first, first off, Judge Joe Brown has a history of saying some real problematic stuff about women. Let's not forget he called Cosby's accusers groupies rather than believing women. Speaking of that, so... And I don't even have a list of all the other stuff. He has said some wild things in regards to women, particularly black women. So that whole I promote womanhood thing, mm, I don't know about all that, Joe Judge Brown, but this is what I will say. No, Cheryl Lee Ralph did not say his name, but I went back and I listened to her clip. And a lot of people assume that's who she was talking about. I think he's, I don't know if he said in that clip or he goes on to say that people were adding him. They were tagging him in his name in the comments or writing his name in the comments in regards to that. Um, she said in the original clip that they worked for the same network. So when someone told her, don't talk about it, she said, y'all work for the same network and y'all both have new shows. I went back and looked. Moesha came out in 1996 and was on UPN. Right. Judge Joe Brown was on CBS and yeah. came out in 1998, around the same time. UPN was purchased by Viacom in 1995. Also tied to CBS, I believe. Or did that come later? I think Viacom owns CBS. They do now? I don't know when that happened. I don't know if that's always been the case. Mm-hmm. So, it sounds like by using circumstantial evidence, I'll just say, that it could be Judge Joe Brown. And although she didn't name him, <laughs> although she didn't name him, there's enough that was said that makes people connect the dots to him where I'm not, now I'm not surprised he spoke out and wh- now I'm not surprised. I think what he is wanting her to do is say it's not him is come out and say, this isn't me. I never did this to you. I don't, don't play with me, is what he wants somebody to say, is what you, you feel like. You, do you feel like, I'm, I'm going to ask Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. What are the chances you feel like she was talking about Judge Joe Brown? Mm. I'm going to go with a solid 100%. <laughs> Very confident. <laughs> it looks like Viacom bought C- uh, CBS in 99. So I think the the dates are adding up. Okay. But this Research. is all alleged. Allegedly. Alleged. Alleged. This is all she, alleged. She did say, she did say they worked for the same network and their show started around the same time. She said that. Once, a, once again, an accusation. Judge Joe Brown. See, Rachel, we don't like Judge Joe Brown as much. So no, like, I know. 
I, I am reporting my research. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I'm doing. Okay, fair. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Um, let's take a break, gather ourselves, and let's talk about Nashville. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, so three children and three adults uh, were killed in a Nashville elementary school shooting. Um, officers have shot and killed the attacker at the Covenant School, which is attached to the Covenant Presbyterian Church uh, in Tennessee. Um, the dead have been uh, identified. Evelyn Dickhouse, uh, Haley Scruggs, William Kinney, all nine years old. All so nine? All nine years old. The three of them were nine years old. Uh, substitute teacher, um, Cynthia Peake, she was 61. Catherine Coates, who was 60. And Mike Hill, a custodian, who was 61 years old as well. The shooter was named as Audrey Elizabeth Hale, um, a former student at the school. The entry to the school was gained through a door, shooting through a door, should I say, adding that maps have been drawn of the school, including entry points. There appears, there appears to be a manifesto and some writing, some other things um, from the shooter who is now also dead uh, that they are looking for. Uh, there's other stuff about the shooter that I'm sure will be weaponized. The shooter was... It seems transgender. And when asked if the identity of the shooter had any bearing on the attack, officials said there was some theory to that, but we're investigating all the leads. No criminal history at all. One AR style weapon, big surprise there. In the attack, uh, another pistol and another handgun. Two of the guns were obtained legally, authorities have said. Um, so, there should be like a script that we read when something like this happens because we're not getting it. 
Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. you know, we 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 are we're arguing. We're arguing a lot. We're going back and forth. We're arguing. Kids, nine years old. The kids were nine. They were born in. Uh, they were born in. 2012, 2013, I was 33, 32 when these kids were born. They didn't even get to live a fraction of the life that I lived. It, it, they, were, they were killed by negligence and politics that looked like a shooter. And there's, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing. I, um... When I was watching it, it's like, this is the reality that we live in to the point where, would I, dare I say, do you think, at least when it comes to lawmakers who can't seem to, to get on the same page and pass any type of bipartisan policy to, to, to prevent the, some of these school shootings, it seems as if we've become desensitized to it. I mean, we're almost... A, this, they said this was the deadliest school shooting since Uvalde, which we're coming up on the year anniversary of that, which happened in May of last year. 21 people killed. Six people this time. 19 school or university shootings so far this year. It's March. If uh, It's reality. Like, this is, I mean, it became a reality and, and not just when they didn't do something with Sandy Hook, when they decided to have to implement shooter drills at schools because this is how it is and nothing is changing. Nothing. All right. So I went to the NRA's site and I looked at what's going on in Tennessee as it relates to the NRA. And there's an article from Monday, March 20th, 2023. That's around eight days ago, something like that, seven, eight days ago. The article goes, numerous pro-gun bills are advancing in the legislature thanks to our pro-gun majority. They're talking about there in Tennessee. Most of the anti-gun bills have failed in committee. Thank you to NRA members and Second Amendment supporters for electing pro-gun lawmakers to protect the freedoms of all law-abiding citizens in the volunteer state. Please see below for a quick update. And there are several bills bills here. Uh, One is HB 1503 and HB 1005, which renames enhanced and concealed handgun carry permits as enhanced and concealed firearm carry permits and authorizes a permit holder to carry any firearm that the permit holder legally owns or possesses. The current law allows the permit holder to carry handguns only. That is a pro-gun bill that they were able to get through. Um, Another one was allows a person, if not otherwise prohibited by law, to carry a handgun, to carry a handgun while hunting if the handgun is not used for the taking of game. So that just means that you can have your rifle and a handgun on the side of you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Those look like they were both um, successful, okay? There was one of them, an anti-gun bill that was on the docket that was very interesting to me. Okay. Right. 
requires certain departments to create programs to reduce gun violence in communities and encourages a gun safety program to be distributed through hospital emergency departments and primary care centers. It also requires the Department of Health to submit an annual report to the legislature, counties, and municipalities on the public health impacts of gun violence in communities. The NRA encourages our law, uh, the NRA encourages our lawmakers to focus on supporting policies that protect the rights of law-abiding gun citizens. Excuse me. The NRA encourages our lawmakers to focus on supporting policies that protect the rights of law-abiding citizens to defend themselves and their families. This failed in the Senate, and it has yet, yet to be scheduled in the House. I'll read it again. Requires certain departments to create programs to reduce gun violence in communities and encourages a gun safety program to be distributed through hospital emergency departments and primary care centers. It also requires the Department of Health to submit an annual report to the legislature, counties, and municipalities on the public health impacts of gun violence in communities. Fail. And the NRA is spiking the football that that bill failed. That's HB, uh, that's SB 17, HB 380. Failed. So, this is a bill that essentially requires departments uh, to create programs to reduce gun violence Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and encourages a gun safety programs, gun safety program to be distributed through hospital emergency departments and primary care centers. So that's the reduction of gun violence, right? And the creation of gun safety programs. Mm -hmm. The NRA struck this down with the politicians that they have bought and they're happy about it. Now let's live in a world where this isn't political. As we talk about dead children and in no way do I mean to say that the seniors that were lost, the teachers, the educators, the custodian that was lost is in any way less important than the children, but I'm horrified whenever children die. I'll be honest. Of course. Let's look at the specific evil that you're dealing with. You have here a bill that doesn't directly threaten an an individual's right to own a gun. That's it. This particular one right here, everybody can go see this, N-R-A-I-L-A.org. This doesn't have anything to do with even a background check. This doesn't have anything to do with your CCP. This doesn't have anything to do with any of that stuff. This is programs to reduce gun violence 
and promoting programs that encourage safety. Bring the violence down, bring the gun safety up to prioritize life. Do y'all get like what just, you know, just real quick. This is why do, do y'all get like what we're up like what what the what the other side is? Yeah. Like life isn't prioritized. Which you just said it. The way you spelled that out, the way you talked about what they're trying to create and what they're trying to reduce. They don't care about lives. They care about the bottom dollar at the end of the day. And and it is political. I know you said to talk about it without being politics, but it probably has to do with who's pushing the bill forward as well. Just to be anti a group, an organization, a person. That's what it is at the end of the day. It's all about pleasing the base, who's giving them money. That's what it comes down to. It's not about lives. All right. Let's talk about SB 1021 and HB 1439, which was a bill that would have made it a Class A misdemeanor of knowingly giving, selling, lending, delivering, or otherwise transferring a firearm to a person when the transferor knows or reasonably should know that the person receiving the firearm is uh, prohibited from purchasing or possessing a firearm under state or federal law. Okay, that law would essentially make it a crime for me to take my gun and give it to Rachel knowing that Rachel shouldn't be able to have a gun. So Rachel shouldn't be able to have a gun because maybe Rachel is a felon, violent history, whatever reason. That means I would be in commission of a crime if I gave Rachel my gun, knowing that she can't have a gun. Because maybe Rachel is with the Oak Cliff Crips or something like that, and she's going to go do something crazy. Struck it down. Mm -hmm. So, what does the NRA say that it is? The NRA says that it's a place that is prioritizing law-abiding gun owners. Well, if you're prioritizing law-abiding gun owners, then why wouldn't you want it to be a crime if a gun owner provided a gun to somebody who wasn't law-abiding? If it's about the law-abiding gun owner, which is code for white people, by the way, if it if it's about them, then why wouldn't you want that person held responsible for giving their gun to someone who isn't a law-abiding gun owner? Because the statement's a lie. It's not about law-abiding gun owners. It's just about gun owners, period. And they don't want to see that gun owner punished. Because it's limiting the right of a gun owner. It has they law abiding is there just for just to be there. It really is. They don't believe that. It's about gun owners. It's about guns. There is another one. HB one two three three SB one zero two nine. Part of this one requires the owner of a firearm 
to report the loss or theft of the firearm to law enforcement within 24 hours of the discovery or the loss or theft. What's controversial about that? You own a gun. The gun gets stolen. You don't just go, oh, shit, Uh, whatever. You got to tell the cops because now there is an illegal gun on the streets. I'm pointing all of this out. This happened in Tennessee. To let everyone know that, (laughs) I mean, we're talking about this and we're debating it as if it's a cultural issue, and it is a cultural issue. It has a bunch to do with America's violent culture, the gun culture, and all that stuff. But there are also people working every single day to make sure kids are murdered in their schools. There are people working diligently every single day to make sure that somebody can walk into a school and murder children. It's their job not to have any sort of accountability over the death or carnage that are happening to actual people and the psychological trauma that all of us are going through and having to understand that this is the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell them nothing. Another mm-hmm. fucking politician, I saw the thing, I won't even repeat it. Got a, got a, what? All right. All my two-way people. All the people out there that are two way, not my two way people. I know, I know two, I know two way people. All the two way people, y'all gotta give me something because it doesn't look like you're. It 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 looks like. All right. Hmm. Take a break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I only have the energy for one more topic. Well, then, just so you got, is there just a so lighter you, one? No, not really. It's kind of not, not the show that we really had today, you know. There was a critical race theory workshop in Temecula. It went crazy. You guys can see it on the the internet. White people don't like critical race theory. It's fucked up. But uh, there is something this. I didn't put in the rundown that was lighter. Give it whatever it is. 
meteorologist got oh. fired. Oh, let's talk about that. Oh, well, yeah. How did we not okay, talk let's about talk about that? that. Let's, let's, let's please <laughs> Thank do that. You, Donnie. Thank you, Donnie. I don't, don't yeah. want to do the white students forced to say Black Lives Matter at school in the viral video because I'm kind of fucking with these kids. Did That's you the watch the shit. video? I watched the video. What they had well, the white you you you, mean, you agree with the white kids, huh? No, I mean, I I thought it was funny until I watched the video and I'm like, okay, like they were pushing and dragging and like the first kid. And I was like, okay, that's... So so it's on. wrong, right? But let me tell you this. So this happened <laughs> real quick. Uh, Springfield Police Department, Springfield Elementary, a group of black students had gathered several white students on a specific spot in the playground and forced them to say Black Lives Matter against their will. Okay. Uh, the police report continued. The suspects, suspects, were also apparently re- suspects. These kids are in elementary school. <laughs> no, yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's okay. a lot. Suspects, my nigga. <laughs> uh, they're apparently recording while the white students who were forced, recording the white students who were forced to make the, the statement. The principal said that a few of the students who had tried to avoid the situation were chased down and escorted, dragged, or carried to the spot on the playground. Okay, there's surveillance footage. There's no audio to it, so it is what it is. I've tried to be real with you guys and vulnerable with you on this podcast. It's not going to go anywhere. It it is what it is with the jackals and stuff, but I'll tell you one thing. I get it's bad. Um, It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Don't, this is the this is the way I would discipline my children if that if this happened. Okay. Hey, come here. Come here. Let's say that my son, my future son, Bishop Latham, is going to be his name. Let's say he come come here, Bishop. Come here. I heard you what you're doing today with the little white kids. I heard it. It's not right. You don't get in trouble in school. That's not what you do. I'm your daddy. I'm telling you right now, I don't want you bullying no kids. It's not right. Don't do it. Now, I would like you to get your clothes together and I want to show you black excellence so you understand you don't have to hurt white people to have black excellence. I'm going to take you to the Laker game. Okay? We're going to get some ice cream on the way. What? And I'm going to take you to the Laker game. I'm going to show you that black excellence doesn't mean forcing your classmates to do anything. This is the future. Get your, go get your little, get your little stuff. Yeah. Get your little thing and we'll go get some ice cream. And then on the way, I'll take you to the Laker game and you better not ever do anything like this ever again. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Great parenting. <laughs> Poor Bishop. Poor, Poor Bishop. And you better not ever do anything like this ever again. You never, you don't ever. Who are you to dominate somebody just the way they've been dominating your people, Bishop? Who are you, <laughs> Bishop, to demand allyship from these kids who probably been running their fingers through your head, who probably been saying all kinds of slick shit and maybe one day you just fucking had enough and said, fuck these mother... Who are you, Bishop? Bishop, it's wrong. I'm going to show you just how wrong it is by buying you a PlayStation 5. All right. <laughs> <laughs> last, last topic. Last topic. Because you were having a field day with this on social media. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, for shizzle my nizzle. <laughs> you know. Barbie Bassett, who, uh, <laughs> she works uh, at WLBT in Mississippi, or used to work, until <laughs> Barbie kept it a little bit too real, man. There was a story about Snoop Dogg, and Barbie wanted to let us know what was popping. And she dropped this on the air. Check it out. Come up with. I think that'd be pretty cool. Before we know it, she'd have a Snoop Dogg tattoo on her shoulder. A shizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> I'm telling you. Julie, what do you think about that? Julie said, huh. <laughs> when, you wa- when you watch the video, there is uh, a, a black guy to the right of her. She's like a weather is lady. Is he black? He looks black. Is he not? He looks something. I don't know if he was black. Donna, Don, you think he's black? The guy that was right next to her? He looked black. Yeah, he he, he could be black. Be mixed I race. Don't, I don't. Yeah. I'm looking at his hair. Right. That looks like black hair. Donnie. God damn, Donnie. <laughs> what? Y'all don't want to take it bad. That's not a oh, it's a compliment. I love black hair. I, I love black hair too, but we know. What, I was looking at his hair. I was looking at his hair. <laughs> just sounds like something. Play the audio. For the lady, please. He already did. Oh, you want her other audio where she said yeah. grandmammy? Yeah. Because she Oh, y'all got that too? <laughs> yeah. Girl, sis, I know you well enough to know that those guys working behind you, they probably know who the celebrity game day picker is. So you need to go <laughs> swing by the Kroger's. Get you a, a, a chocolate pie. A chocolate pie. A chocolate pie. <laughs> a chocolate pie. Well, a pecan pie would be just fine. And you need to go offering it to some of those guys working behind you. Look at the scoop. And see if you can get the scoop from one of those. Your DNA. For return. I know your your mother or your grandmammy has got your something. Your grandmammy. A recipe that really? you could whip up. Don't you think? Can I keep it real about this? All the way real? Mm-hmm. It's a term that's used. Do you use it? My 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 mother my mother and them do. It's a term that's used. It, 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 I'm I'm gonna keep it. I'm not saying nothing about this lady. She I, said, "Grandmammy." I don't I don't I don't say it. She said she's, to a black person. She, she said, said to a black person. She said, "Grandmammy." It's not a diss. And she like, didn't get fired for it either. She didn't get fired for it. I'll tell you straight up that that's Mississippi. They saying grand. If people were mad about it, people were mad about it. If I would have heard a white person say grandmammy is not, that wouldn't have offended me. It's like the that girl well, she sis. The girl sis by the beginning. That's the weird. The yeah. sis. She, it me, looked, me, so so like, like, I'll say one thing about this. And this is something that kind of, and this is something that exists under there. Is, there are portions of like Louisiana, like deep, deep, deep into Maringouin. Well, I've never heard these people say the N-word, but their vernacular is indistinguishable. Like, from the white people from a while, around where my daddy grew up, like, deep in the Chafalaya back in the basin, like, their vernacular is indistinguishable. Just the way they talk is, like, no different from the way that we talk. And I've never heard no N-words. I've never heard nothing like that. But all the same shit. They probably they, say colored. They be back there on that collard green bullshit and all of that dumb ass shit. Like, you know, people can cook anyway, whatever. Uh, do you have a problem with this uh, for shizzle my nizzle thing? Yeah, she had to go for that. 
I, see, if I had been sitting next to her, I would have been like, Barbie, do you even know what that means? What does for shizzle mean? What does nizzle mean? See, I would have asked her the question. You would have asked her the question. She had, yes, come on. But I was, wait, I was going to say something about what Barbie said. I don't I'm know. So, I'm so oh, emotionally that's what I was spent. She's a meter. Somebody explains to me, Donnie, are we sure she's a meteorologist? Because what meteorologist gets this kind of airtime and gets to interview folks like this? I haven't heard her say one thing about the weather. Yeah, that's a good point. I think maybe she was a longtime anchor. She she was a meteorologist and got moved to anchor. Um, I don't know. Well, she should, well now she can retire. Look, Bye, Barbie. I don't. I mean, I I would be lying if I said I give a fuck about Barbie. You know. I thought um, it was hilarious when I watched I, it's it. It's funny. But, I, but, I'll be but lying. she had to go. She had to go. She had to go. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, maybe she had to go. Maybe she didn't. But in this, I, I, I don't. I think it's funny that she said for Nizzle. I don't know if Nizzle is a racial epithet. And I don't know if... Nizzle stands for one word. So what if... So let me ask you this. What if she said... What if somebody said, my ninja? Can you say my ninja? No, I don't want to hear that shit either. You can't... So there, you, you can't say the N-word and you can't say any N-word. Even if, So what you're saying is if you... Well, then if that's the case, you shouldn't be able to say N-word. If I... Well, how are you saying it? Are you saying... They said the N-word, or are you saying my N-word? So if a white person says my N-word, that's racist, right? Yes. Because they're saying it without saying it. Donnie? Because here's, here's the question. If somebody says my ninja to you, I would say, define ninja. All right, let me ask you this. Forget about the my ninja thing, because that implies ownership, and that's weird for white people. What if you're singing a song, and you put in ninja instead of the N-word? I would prefer N-word. you'd not. Just skip it. What if you put on a song and you put in N-word? What if you say, what if like you're singing that my N-word, my N-word? Like it, so you yeah, can't. Yeah, because in your head, you're saying it. Anytime a I'm white sorry. person, anytime a white person says the N-word, in their head, they've said the They're word. They're saying so, it. Absolutely. Right. So why is N-word acceptable and Nizzle and it's Ninja not. aren't? I only time I say N-word is acceptable is if you're telling like, um, you know, oh, I'm reporting, I'm reporting live from this where he used, you know, a racial slur. He said the N-word. I'm not going to be mad at that. Yeah. I actually feel what you're saying. Oh, I do. Done. I do. Um, guys, well, look. Uh, we're going to go four for four with light topics next, next, next podcast. I'm actually looking forward to bringing on Someone who can maybe give us the other side of the TikTok debate. Because y'all fill my DMs up. What TikTok talking about debate? People were saying that we were... I had somebody write me a message. All right, listen. No more messages. What TikTok debate? So we talked about TikTok. And it was mad people that said, well, what the fuck we talking about with TikTok? And oh, that t- not debate. Okay, okay, yeah. And that TikTok is great. And that all of this has to do with... Uh, other people who don't want TikTok to shine. And they're getting at us. And and who are those people who don't want TikTok to shine? It's like a couple, like maybe like uh, competitors. You know? Like I Facebook? Got, I got are two specific messages. One message that said, this is what it says. This is the message. I didn't even accept it. So I'm just reading it without accepting the message on Van. Uh, 
I understand that you are not a TikTok user and Rachel is. I understand that you might not know all the ins and outs of why this attack against TikTok is unwarranted, but I'm telling you, you guys got it way, capital W-A-Y, way, way wrong when it comes to the TikTok topic that you guys discuss on the podcast. I really wish there'd have been more research done as to why this TikTok thing is a witch hunt. Witch hunt was used. So I started asking around and I sent the, I sent it to a couple of people. And um, I have my own thoughts about TikTok. And people were like, there's another side of it. So I bring a guest on Thursday. There's always another side of it. And you know, we see if there's another sure. side that we missed. If it's a slow day, fine. Bring somebody on. Otherwise, <laughs> okay. You guys, Sorry. please love each other. Pay attention to each other. And also, as importantly as both of those things, pay attention to who's trying to kill you. Is that people mm. who are? Take the caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. 